0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r/slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a crazy story involving millions of dollars. But first, a story from Mood March. Totally wholesome little kid malicious compliance. I'm the youngest of five and the only girl. We grew up before remote controls existed. Whenever my parents were out, we would all sit at the living room to watch TV. And when someone wanted the channel changed or the volume adjusted, they would make me do it. If I ignored their initial requests, they would all push and shove me around until I did it. Cue the malicious compliance. Brother would tell me to turn the TV up, so I would turn it all the way up and sit down. He would then tell me to turn it down, so I would turn it all the way and sit down. This would continue until my brother just got up and adjusted it himself. I'll never understand why they didn't just punch me. They weren't above hitting a girl if that girl was their little sister, but they never hit me for it and I never got old. Have any of you guys been old enough to know of technology that just isn't around anymore? It's not quite as comparable to not having a remote control. I mean, I remember my very first TV still had actual knobs on the television. Same thing for my microwave, it had actual just like a knob timer. But another thing that comes to my mind is VHSs, CRT TVs, and if you were really cool, you had one that had a VHS player, a DVD player, and was this big 30-40 inch CRT massive television all in one. Do you guys have any of this old childhood technology that comes to mind when you think of those kinds of things? Let me know down in the comments. Our next story is from Papa's Blocks. You want me to only go on my break when you tell me to? Okay, I'll do just that. This malicious compliance happened years ago and I remembered it while writing a YouTube comment. At the time I was either in or just out of high school and I made my money bagging groceries at the local supermarket. This job was very interesting and there was a slew of terrible people employed at my location. But this story only has a cast of two people. Me, the overworked, underpaid grocery bagger, and my rear end of a supervisor, let's call him Ray. Ray was an absolute jerk to everyone in the store, and nobody liked him. These shenanigans actually birthed my first romantic relationship, but that's a story for another day. The way my days of this job worked was I'd show up for a shift, clock in, and go up to whoever was supervising the front end that day. We had a rotation of three to four soups, and I was cool with almost all of them because I actually did my job. And I asked them what the roster for the day looked like, who's here, when they're going home, if anyone's coming in, and breaks. I was particularly interested in my break time according to the roster, so I can plan my shift accordingly. Ray was one of those supervisors, and for some reason he hated when people would ask when their break was. Somebody would ask and then he'd scream about, when it's your break time I'll let you know, which might have worked for the cashiers, but not us baggers, as we'd be all over the store and also out getting carts. One day I asked him when I'm supposed to go on my break, and he blew up saying he'll let me know when it's time for my break. I work the rest of my shift, and tell someone else I'm going on my break at a reasonable time, and while there's coverage. I come back from this break, and he stopped me again to tell me that he's in charge of the breaks. I say nothing and finish my shift. Cue malicious compliance. A few days later, he and I are working again. I know he's gonna scream about breaks again, so I just don't ask. After all, he'll let me know, right? So instead of talking to the supervisor, what that day was Ray, and letting him know I'm here, I just start working. And I continue working, and then I work some more. Finally, I realize seven of my eight hours has gone by, and I haven't had a single break. But Ray never did let me know it was time for my break. A few minutes after I thought this, Ray somehow finds out I've been working seven hours today with no break. And he comes up screaming at me about how I didn't take a break, and how dare I and the company's gonna get into major trouble because they worked me 7 hours without a break. I'm 90% sure I was under 18 so I was still a minor, and then asked why I never took my break. I responded with, well Ray, you said you'll let me know when it's time for my break, and you never let me know, so I never took a break. He exploded again and screamed at me to take my freaking break now and I finally took my 15 minute break, worked another half hour before clocking out to go home. Ray kept being a jerk about everything, but he always gave me my break times in advance for the next few months until he threw another fit at someone else and walked out of that store for good. Everyone else was completely amicable and after Ray left, I had no problems with breaks again. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, either Ray gets fed up and leaves on their own accord, or at some point, they're just going to get fired because I think they're kinda breaking the law. At least, he's doing so by extension for his company. Our next story is from Expensive Theme 7023. You want eye contact? Okay, sir. Background I used to work retail in a DVD slash CD store that rhymes with Manatee, Australia. We had computers that we could use to find certain titles and artists in the store if we had it in stock. Or we could even order from any of the other 300 plus stores in the country and have it shipped to the store. Many people would use this for older CDs and collector items that were harder to get. One day, an older bloke came in asking about a certain smaller 80s rock band that I can't remember. I looked on the computer for him and was able to track down their album names, which of those albums he wanted. Located the album in stores around the country and got his details to enter in the computer for when the albums arrived in store so we could contact him. He thanked me and said that he was so happy that we could get these albums in for him and left the store. The next day I get called into the boss's office because of a customer complaint. It was and is my only ever complaint in any job for the past 9 years of working. He had rung up and complained that while my service was lovely, I didn't make enough eye contact when I was using the computer. Cue malicious compliance. Three days later, he came in because he had another band he wanted to order. Luckily, I was working. As soon as he walked in, I greeted him with the biggest smile and looked him straight in the eyes. When he asked if we had any of his band in stock, I typed it into the computer while maintaining direct eye contact. It took me about four tries to find the right keyboard letters, as I wasn't great at touch typing. He was starting to get annoyed, but he didn't voice it. Then I had to search what store location these albums were at. That took another couple of attempts to type. I turned the computer monitor around to the point that it looked like it was going to snap off. I had to move the displays from the counter, which took more time, but finally I was able to set it up at such an angle that I could read it off with a quick glance, but also still maintain eye contact. At this point he started to squirm and look away, but I was only beginning. Right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Next was his details and taking his deposit, normally $10. It took me a solid six attempts to enter his details into the system, as you had to select each box to type in, and that was hard considering I wasn't looking. At this point, he'd gone rather quiet and was looking at his shoes. When he handed me his money, I still maintained direct eye contact and even dropped it accidentally out of my hand, which then led me to awkwardly slap around on the counter until my hand found it. Wouldn't want to break that eye contact looking for a few coins. After all the typing attempts, it took me an extra 10 minutes to serve him, all because I couldn't look at what I was doing. To this day, I've seen him a couple of times, but he won't come to my register, and he doesn't make eye contact or hide in the aisles until I'm busy with another customer. A shame really. He had such lovely brown eyes. I think this goes without saying, but unless your experience was legitimately horrendous, it's probably not worth reporting an incident. Don't be like this guy who feels they were personally slighted because they didn't get enough eye time one on one. They couldn't get a true vibe looking this person in the eyes directly to see if they were true soulmates. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. This next story is from the Storms. His name was Charles. This happened to me circa 2004. Warning, this story is not funny. Malicious compliance of a different color. Changed my life for the better. Still gives me chills. Working McDonald's drive through No speaker. Two order windows and a third pickup window. Charles is working window one. I'm working window two. Charles is black, ripped, tall, huge, has prison tats all down his arms, somewhere between half an ounce or two of fat on his body. Picture Terry Crews with darker skin and black tats to the wrists. Charles is equal parts charming, soft-spoken, humble, and ambitious. He knew where he had been and was determined to change his life. Probably one of the best men I'll have ever met. Enter green minivan. We had both taken orders at the same time and mine was long gone. Charles's order was taking forever, probably 4 minutes just taking the order before payment. I come over to check on Charles. Before I get close, I notice he's blocking the frame of the window so I can't hear anything. It's an awkward position for him and blatantly obvious. He moves his hand out to me out of sight of the van and gives me the stop sign. Back off. Got it. Time passes. Manager on duty comes to check out the issue, he waves her off, she protests, I tell her to wait and see, something is deeply wrong, suddenly Charles points the van down to the other window and leaps into action, slams the window, shoves past us without a word and races to the third window. Manager and I look at each other, check for cars, none, and then follow at a distance, manager had been running the order but charles took over and personally handled every part of the order with the speed of a madman and the quality of a five-star restaurant he grabs a new batch of fries he has a cook triple check each burger he breaks a cardinal rule of the store and shows the van all the kids meals toys we have for personal preference drinks and condiments are handed out and charles gives them a genuine smile and enthusiastically thanks them for being customers. Have a great night, we'll see you soon. Charles waits until they're out of sight before returning from the window and visibly shaken walks back to his register. Manager starts to fuss about an explanation she's owed but Charles just says he can't yet. His legendary zen calm is severely damaged. After a few minutes to get a drink, wipe the sweat off his face and compose himself, he opens up. The van had rolled up. Charles had greeted them with the usual, Welcome to McDonald's, what can I get for you this evening? And his winning smile. A white father driving waits for Charles to finish, and with a loud sneer, had turned to his wife and for all to hear said, You order, hun, I don't talk to N-words. Wife turns to the two young kids, probably 8 and 10, impressionable, learning, watching. They had locked eyes on Charles. They'd seen his tats. They'd to the hateful otherizing of those people from birth. Charles decided that he had it within him to reach for something better. Father be darned, he's long gone. Charles decided that he had a message for those boys. The wife patiently and sheepishly took the excruciatingly and needlessly complicated order from the father and then had to speak past him to Charles. Same for the kids. Light mustard, three pickles, etc. Perfectionism. Charles reached down inside himself for something that neither I nor the manager possessed. And he gave the wife a genuine smile as he whipped out the order. The father knew he'd been served a dish he thought impossible to serve. It was served with kindness and compassion and a compliance that defied everything he'd told them about those people. The kids both waved at Charles from the back of the van as the father pulled away. They liked their new friend. For somebody so blatantly disrespected like that, you can't help but have a crazy amount of respect for Charles just sticking so hard to the idea of kill him with kindness. Charles is a much bigger man than I would ever have been. And our final story of the day is from Strykeronema, costing a company millions. So I work as a quality assurance at a factory I'll call Ida Ore. To get started, I'll explain the report process, When something goes wrong in the factory that's directly tied to quality, such as bad coloring or defects, I as a QA lead would have to write a report. These reports were very detailed and extremely time consuming. Now when something went wrong that wasn't directly tied to quality but affected it, such as a machine breaking or foreign material getting in the machines, the lead in charge of the machines was supposed to write the report. Somehow all the reports ended up being written by me, even though I had my own time-consuming job to do. I'd been fighting to not do others' reports for months, and my boss told me to remind other leads when a report was needed. One day I'm doing my reports, plus my data analysis duties, and I hear over the radio that a refrigerator unit has gone out, and all the product was coming out as boiled mush instead of frozen. So I called refrigeration and tell them, You need to do a report on this i'll send out an email counting how many pallets of product we lost so i send the email and continue on with my day two weeks later my boss calls me into her office and asks me why i didn't write a report on the incident i say you told me to remind the other leads to do it and not write their reports she responded well if you have time to send an email you have to write a report Then she makes me sign a write-up for failure to do my duties, which I did placidly, because she had written up everyone else in my department and had been looking for something to write me up for, so I decided to let her have it and get it out of the way. Well, a couple months later, and the exact same thing happens, and all I do is tell Refrigeration over the radio to write a report. I did nothing else knowing that Refrigeration wouldn't write it. Because there was no report or helpful emails, the product was almost shipped out two months later, but it was caught by one of my QAs, who mentioned the incident to my boss. Boss calls me to her office and tells me, This incident is going to cost the company millions in storage fees for the time it was already stored, disposal fees, lost product, and a fine from Walmart for not meeting contract. Why didn't you email me about this? I say, I didn't have time, but I did tell Refrigeration to write a report. She couldn't write me up for it because I had emails from her telling me how to handle these situations. There's something so incredibly stupid with the notion of, if you have time to tell someone to do their job, then you had time to do their job. Therefore, it's your fault. What about OP's boss having the time to tell OP to tell the other people to do it? The boss probably had time to notice that and do that. Is it the boss's fault? Should we go further up the line? It's weird how these theoreticals can somehow be decided as regulation or somehow attribute a job not being done to somebody whose job it isn't to even do that job anyways. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you wanna hear another compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.